As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Welcome to or welcome back to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. It's just Big Jed here, but we still sometimes discuss. Olympic, U.S. Olympic athletes, excuse me, uh, adult film stars, try not to talk about them much, and sportsman drag racers. We won't talk about much of that in this show, but we will talk about some stuff. There's no Luke this week, so y'all are just stuck with me. It's just Big Jed only this week. Maybe producer Mark will chime in and let us hear his golden voice but uh, pretty much i've been handed the keys to the show and that can't be very good for the listeners so i beg of you to just stomach your way through this please download the show have others download it because if they see that i'm by myself and the downloads drop significantly i think they'll have a pretty good idea who to pin that on and um, you know could cost me my career in podcasting so uh, please just listen and hope you enjoy the show. Wasn't a huge weekend of race results uh, or stories. Uh, there's some stuff to talk about. There were some big wins and big winners, and we'll cover what happened, but um, it'll be a fairly short show, which will make it a little easier for you, the listener, to stay tuned in to me and me only. Um, mainly things we'll talk about is like Anthony Bertozzi. Bertozzi is still a very good racer, and you will see that very soon, or you'll hear it very soon. And as it turns out, Anthony surrounds himself with great racers, too. So we'll talk more about that real soon. Corey Gulitti adds to a very impressive 2022 season. You'll hear more about that at the same event from what Anthony did. Big Jed's got some cleanup work to do, folks. 
I might have went a little too deep into my rant last week and got into an area that uh, I reported wrong or wrongly. I'm not real sure which one I say there, but I didn't report it right. And I needed to report it more gooder. So I got some cleanup work to do. I'll do that to begin the show. Lots of great stuff to talk about and lots of stuff that we didn't talk about in the intro. Basically, it's going to be all of that and more. But first, PJ North. All right, so as you know, uh, by myself for this one, but um, we will uh, we will still have a really good show. We got good stuff to talk about. Obviously, the triple threat at Virginia Motorsports Park, the Twin 50s at St. Louis, which Luke attended, and uh, was going to have some insight into how that event went, but uh, the, the scheduling conflict just created an issue where, where he won't get to talk about it, but I know he enjoyed it. A little bit about the Sonoma National and uh, the start of the Western Swing. All that's good stuff and good racing that we need to talk about. But as I said in the intro, uh, Big Jed's got a little bit of cleanup work to do here. So last week in my rant, and uh, by the way, didn't hear near enough. I mean, this is a serious subject. Serious subject. Didn't hear near enough from the listener about that issue and how you felt about it all. But what I did hear was overwhelmingly supportive of, of Easton Hodge and Jake Hodge. So um, just a bad deal all around. But I said that the NHRA official told Easton Hodge that he was out prior to Jake, his father, getting to the pickup area. And that was not accurate. Um, Jake said the official told Easton to stay by his car and don't move. And that's why Easton had the scowl on his face when Jake arrived. Jake told me that in our discussion, but somehow I twisted that and reported it wrong. I do remember him saying that now, and I reported it wrong on the show. So shame on me. Um, as bad as the situation was, it wasn't as bad as I reported. Still stunk to high heavens, but um, I, I, I accused that official of something that they didn't do. And I, I kind of beat on him a little bit about that and my apologies to that person because that did not happen. So that cleans up uh, at least one thing that I know I got terribly wrong last week. I'm probably, I'm sure I messed up plenty more, but nonetheless, uh, uh, that needed to be told. So I, uh, I apologize to everybody involved in that for getting the details a little twisted. Sometimes in a rant, you know, that, uh, I don't know, maybe I just, in my rant, I just got a little upset and just turned that into the worst possible situation that I could, but it was a screw up on my part. So now that's all behind us. Let's talk about some other stuff. Let's start with the uh, triple threat at uh, Virginia Motorsports Park. A uh, really good event. This one was um, highlighted by a $75,000 main event on Saturday with a couple of 30 granders around it. Um, really good event. This is, uh, I guess this is their, their big show within that series. And, uh, and I talked to Tyler Crossnow a little bit today, the man that, that runs the, the facility there at Virginia Motorsports Park. And 
recently deemed the hardest working man in drag racing. <laughs> I, I believe that Tyler's involved in a lot of different things. He, he's involved in the PDRA. He runs VMP. I mean, he is a man that works extremely hard, gets out there on the tractor himself and preps tracks. And Tyler, just a, just all around good dude, just doing a lot for our sport. And, uh, and we're all thankful and fortunate to have him involved. But nonetheless, we chatted a little bit today over text and uh, Tyler told me that the crowd was really good. He was very happy for a, a hot and humid weekend and a, you know, a challenging economy. Uh, Tyler was very pleased all over 300 entries each day, which is a, a strong, strong crowd in today's uh, sportsman bracket racing environment. So good for uh, Tyler and the folks there at VMP and um, shouts to all the racers that showed up and made that such a good show. Um, you know, they had a pre-entry cap of 400 entries for that event and they fell a little short of it, obviously falling around 300 each day, but the purse was paid in full despite falling a little bit short there on the pre-entry cap number. So good, uh, good for VMP and Tyler and, and the racers as well. That's a, uh, that's a great thing to see that, uh, that they stepped up and paid that in full. Um, Corey Galitti, as I mentioned, uh, in the, uh, in the intro, he is, uh, continuing an impressive 2022, uh, he, uh, he did some good there in the event that we'll talk about in a little bit, but when the points were all wrapped up after this particular event, the Triple Threat Series points chase, Corey uh, sits atop that talented field of racers. Uh, there's a lot of talent showing up at the uh, Triple Threat Series, and Corey is continuing to, to perform at a very high level, and he, uh, he has uh, you know the lead currently with one more event to go. But, man, he's got some tough cats chasing him. Uh, just John, John Laboose Jr. is uh, in second place. Kyle Cotrera in the third position. We all know how talented Kyle is and how apt he is to uh, just run the table one weekend. Michael Adams in the fourth spot. And Big Cram, Cameron Manuel. Uh, fills out the top five. So should be fun to watch and see who emerges as the champion in the Triple Threat Series uh, after the final event is completed, which is October the 6th through the 9th. And, and, you know, I know it was hot and humid and rough, and those guys have had their challenges with weather. But October the 6th through the 9th in that part, Denwitty, Virginia, uh, sounds amazing. It sounds like that is the perfect time to have an event in that area of the country with amazing weather. I remember the national event, NHRA national event used to go seemingly around that time and they all set records. Everything's just really fast and the air's crisp and good. So I'll just congratulate everyone early on attending the final race of the triple threat series, October the 6th through the 9th because I imagine it is going to be very awesome and uh, be fun again to watch that points chase play out. As for the event that took place, uh, it was Team Bertozzi domination. Um, and, you know, we're used to seeing Bertozzi cars win. Sometimes Antoine, he just sits back and cooks delicious steak and 
pork chops and you want something off this grill, dog? You know, when you're walking by his trailer, you'd be, hey, dog, you want one of these pork chops? I mean, have you seen me, Anthony? Of course, I want one of those pork chops. Yes, I want some steak. Of course, I'll take some of that bacon. Uh, but he still asks, like, you know, that's just a game we play. But he's also a very, very talented racer. And uh, I think his record shows that for decades. But uh, A.B., Anthony Bertozzi, gets off to a great start right there in the first $30,000 race and on Friday and gets the win over Jamal Woodridge. Shout out to Jamal. That's a, that's a big, big final round there for Jamal as well. So really happy to see him get that done and, uh, and, and get to a final round with a legend like that. But Bertozzi scores that 30K win to start his weekend. And that's fresh off the heels of the Jeg Sports National Superstock win. So A.B., once again, just on fire. I mean, this guy just continues to do it year after year. He doesn't give himself quite as many opportunities these days, but obviously he still gets it done. So really happy for A.B. and, uh, and Jamal there for that first final round. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of uh, John Laboose Jr., but uh, this guy races really well, and he does it in Anthony's equipment. So he obviously runs super gas, super comp, and um, he does that, I guess, primarily. But uh, he'll get out to the bracket races some when the opportunity arises. And he did just that on Saturday and got him a $75,000 payday with the win over Robbie Hamilton. The uh, Again, the main attraction to the Triple Threat Series for this weekend for this particular event was $75,000 payday. And just John gets it done. And uh, we believe that's his richest victory of his career. And it is a, it is a illustrious career. I think that was the right word. This when I lead Luke. Luke's really good at the words, but it's a, it's a very good career full of big, huge wins and championships and all those things. But we believe this 75 grander might be the biggest winner's check that uh, just John has ever uh, received. And uh, even if it isn't, it's, it's definitely one of the biggest and uh, great for him. He's uh, again, driving Anthony's equipment. So, you know, it was, it was good to be Anthony Bertozzi this weekend. It was good to be John Laboose. And it usually is every weekend for both of those guys. So really cool deal there for Caboose. And then on Sunday, uh, Team Bertozzi, they tried to get it done. They tried to just sweep the place. I mean, wreck the place. But A.B. falls one win light short as he runners up in the 30K final round on Sunday. Both those finals were in his Achieva, by the way. Cool deal. But A.B. come up one win light short as Alan Glatt, the veteran, the legend, talented racer that is also one for decades. Glatt prevents the clean sweep and gets the win light over Anthony Bertozzi in that 30K final on Sunday. But really, all in all, the message there is Anthony Bertozzi, that team, I wasn't there, but I promise you they ate like kings, which I respect the heck out of them for how well they eat. And they raced at an even higher level. What's higher level than a king? I don't know whatever it is, um, whatever it was, they raced at that level and ate 
like King. So uh, Bertozzi and his team performed extremely well and uh, really happy to see that. That's a good, fun group. You know, and somewhere in the middle of all that, there was a Thursday, not in the middle, I guess it began the week, but there was a Thursday 10K to win kind of a starter race, a warm-up race. And the hottest racer, in my opinion, in 2022 got that win. That's Corey Gulitti. Corey, uh, a very young talent. Uh, we all know Corey's story for the most part. Um, runs with the McCartys, um, you know, kind of smitten over Miss Caroline and just enjoying life at a very, very high level. This guy's running all over the country racing. You know, he'll race the McCarty's cars. He races his own dragster, which he, he collected that 10K win in. Uh, he, obviously, his father, Chris Galitti, and his family have great equipment all over the place. So this kid's got great tools at his disposal, and that is inside of him and in the, the race shop, and he's using them to the fullest. And again, I, I think really in terms of significant wins, Corey Gulitti is probably having the best season of anyone at the moment. He, uh, he is just performing well and continuing to win at, uh, at these big uh, signature races, so premier races, if you will. So congrats, Corey, and congrats to Team Bertozzi and Tyler Crossno and all the folks at BMP. It looked like uh, just a solid event all the way around and well attended, which we love to see. You know, we want to see everyone – uh, do well and, you know, promoters, track owners, track operators, racers. And that was one of those deals where it looked like everybody won, uh, you know, in some sense of the word. So congrats to everybody involved in that. Great to see. And uh, looking forward to that uh, last triple threat series event with a, with a great points battle happening. And, um, you know, it, again, it'll be perfect weather, October 6th through the 9th. Make sure you check those guys out and try to attend uh, that last event, that last triple threat series race. All right. So now we move on to the twin fifties and this is where I would have just turned the floor over to Luke and Luke just really take us through everything that happened there at the, uh, at the twin fifties at uh, St. Louis from TB promotions. But obviously again, Luke couldn't make it. So I'm going to hit some highlights here and talk about some, some great racing and some great winners. But first and foremost, TB Promotions. Uh, this is Tyler Bohannon. This is Brian Whitworth, um, two guys that are well-respected within our sport. They are talented, talented racers. They, they have won at a high level both of them for quite some time. And obviously Tyler Bohannon with the, the last guaranteed million win in Montgomery uh, last fall. Uh, those guys have been teamed up for, I guess, a good three years, maybe putting on events, but they are ramping it up and they're doing a little more each year. And this event right here was, uh, was again, another one of their great uh, great ideas and, and certainly doing it at a legendary facility. Um, don't know who was really watching, but the temperature, the forecast leading up to this event was one that says stay home. Uh, I mean, it's like 103, 104 highs and, 
you know, I, I don't know if it ever got there. Could on, only quote unquote been 99. Who knows? It was freaking hot and it was bad hot, but uh, it looks like they had a really good crowd show up. A lot of people braved that heat. And I think everyone that braved the heat and showed up was very satisfied and very happy with a very well-run event by TB Promotions. Uh, looks like those guys just knocked it out of the park. Uh, they gave the racers all they expected and more. I know they had uh, cooling stations. They were trying everything they could to make sure everyone was taken care of and hydrated and stayed safe through the heat. And um, job very well done by those guys. Again, they, they just, Tyler Bohannon and Brian Whitworth seemed to get a little bit better every time they put on a race. And I saw nothing but great comments about the twin fifties. So really good job guys. Uh, nice work on your part and, and kudos for sticking with it. Even with the heat, looks like you had a plan to, to deal with that. Part of that plan was to, 55 gallon drums of traction compound. I saw that they uh, posted, don't worry. I know there's a, a, a shortage right now, but they had two drums of PJ one and uh, they were prepared and I, I didn't hear any complaints. It looked like the, the track crew did a great job of preparing the track. They had plenty of traction compound to help them keep the car stuck to the racetrack. They used it when they needed it uh, and really just help them uh, lead them to uh, to a very successful event and that Tyler and, and Brian are putting on several different kinds of races you know they're doing 100 granders 50 granders they're doing stock super stock they're doing all kinds of things for the sportsman categories and they are doing it very well uh, wonderful job by TB promotions and they're really happy for you guys for pulling off another solid event in some challenging conditions, both through the weather and the economy. Um, can't say enough good things about everything I'm hearing about the, the twin 50. So well done. And, um, you know, there were some big winners, real big winners. Um, the first 50 grander on Friday was Angelo Belosi. Now, Angelo is not a guy that gets out and rides around a whole bunch and attends all of the big races, but this one was in his neck of the woods, and he showed up and took his beautiful little Chevy 2 to the win over a young man that just keeps showing up in these huge final rounds. He wins his share. He comes up short no matter what, even if he loses third round, which don't happen very often, Matt Dattis is always smiling and i wish i could have been there been there to see matt's big smile on his face in that friday final round for 50k come up a little short but it's got to be a wonderful feeling to make a 50k final and i know matt felt that way but angelo belosi that's a that's a huge deal for angelo uh, again a guy that does his share of winning around that area of the country but uh, doing it on that level for 50 grand had to be extra special for Angelo. So very happy for him and his family. Uh, the next 50K obviously was run on Saturday. And that was won by Rocky McLean. Rocky and the All-Star uh, teammate dragster there. Um, really happy to see that for Gallstar. That's, a, that's a, another gentleman that is 
really doing great things in the sport and that that channel that avenue that promotion effort they're they're doing a lot of good things through golf star and um they are they are making our sport a little more relevant with everything they do and it's much appreciated but Rocky uh, took the Golf Star Dragster and got that done over Josh Ludke. Now, you talk about guys that continue to show up and maybe even do it a little bit quietly. That's Josh Ludke. I'm not sure if he was in Steve Law's car. Uh, probably was. He runs it some. But um, nonetheless, no matter what he was in, Josh Ludke always very competitive and goes to that big Saturday final round for 50K. Comes up short again to Rocky McLean. But uh, great day. Again, I would love to be the guy that shows up and just runners up a 50K. You can put that on me at any time. So great job, Josh, and awesome job to Rocky McLean. That's a, that's a huge deal for Rocky and really happy to see, again, him and Thomas Gall get the, you know, get the recognition for Gall Star and the, the racing program that those guys are putting together. Um. The race was wrapped up with a $10,000 to win, um, uh, I guess, $10,000 to win Sunday race. It doesn't say that in the show notes, but uh, I think it was a Sunday race. Nonetheless, uh, that was won by Steve Beanie. Uh, Steve closing out the weekend, 10K to the good, and got the win over Kyler Hergemuller. Yes. Yes, I got that right on the first attempt. Kyler Hergemuller. I'm sure that I nailed that. That's exactly how it's said. There's a lot of letters in Kyler Hergemuller's last name, and some of them don't seem to fit exactly where they are. But, you know, me, I mean, I nailed these things. There's no way I got that wrong. So uh, Steve Beanie, huge 10K win to wrap up the weekend. You know, while it wasn't either of the 50s, I'm sure by the time the weekend's over and you're figuring your tab and you you burn up from the sun and the heat and the just the overall wear and tear on your body and that kind of atmosphere and temperatures to get that 10K win had to be one of the best feelings ever. So Steve Beanie, great way to wrap up the weekend. Good for you. Luke has in the show notes that the Thursday Mulligan race was interesting. Um, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, so I don't know exactly what he means by that, but I think any kind of mulligan race where it's not just a first round or, you know, even in some cases, first or second round buyback, I think the mulligan, uh, can, can last a little while, take you very deep in the race. Some of them keep them till the final, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, I think that, uh, that in today's big money racing environment is something that you just don't see very often. So really neat to see the guys uh, attempt that and pull it off. And uh, by, uh, by everything that I've seen, folks had fun. So really cool deal there uh, for the Thursday Mulligan race and uh, really just all around solid event. Another one from the great folks at TB Promotions. Again, uh, Tyler and Brian doing wonderful things in our sport. and. Uh, looking forward to, to more stuff from them. They, they seem to be having some kind of event once a month right now. I don't, I don't know what the clip is, but they are doing an excellent job of promoting and keeping uh, that, keeping their schedule and their, their race information in 
our view through social media and everything. So really good effort from them all the way around, even when the, the gates aren't open. Jed, I did, uh, <clears throat> I'll chime in here really quick. I saw whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait just a minute here. Now, producer Mark and I talked before the show and I said, look, it's not just going to be me by myself. You know, the listeners don't want to hear that, but if there's anything you feel like you need to add or talk about, just chime in, just come right on in, just push the door open, come in. Mark's like, nah, I don't really, I don't really like to hear myself. And I don't, I don't know about all that, but we'll see. So producer Mark is great to have you in. I hate to cut you off like that. I apologize. That was very unprofessional, but now let's, let's hear what you have to add. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, and it's, that's no problem, but um, I don't remember who it was, but they lost in round 10 of the, mulligan race and i believe there were still seven ish cars left whoa yeah so <laughs> i think that plays out to what a um a 13 rounder that would be 13 unless some of those seven had mulligans and was able to use them that baby could have went 15 or 16 so yeah i don't know when the i don't need, i don't know much about it at all and i don't even remember who posted that but that's a that's a lot of rounds that is a ton of rounds, Mark. Thank you for that information. That's uh, definitely something that helps us put it in perspective, you know, what the, what the mulligan race is all about and how grueling uh, it can be, especially in that kind of heat and, you know, what the racers have to go through mentally because, you know, you when you beat someone at seven cars, 12 cars, 13 cars, 14, whatever, typically that's the last time you're going to see them today. But in a mulligan race, you might see them again next round and not because they were doubled, just because they had a mulligan. So mentally that can uh, can get at you a little bit, but I'm pretty sure that everyone knew exactly what they signed up for. And um, and it looks like for all intents and purposes, everyone had a blast. So good stuff, Mark. Thank you for coming in and telling us that. Uh, so that was uh, the Twin 50s. We started on the East Coast in Virginia. We got to almost the, the heart of the country in St. Louis, and we'll continue to drive west, and we will talk about the Sonoma NHRA national event. Um, you know, this is really Luke's bread and butter. This is, uh, this is the avenue that he travels down as good as anyone I know. I mean, he, he knows what the guys did last year, last week. He knows where the points battles are shaping up. So I won't even attempt to get in that water because it is way deeper than, than I can keep my nose above. But I will tell you some highlights about what happened. And, and I can't even discuss Sonoma, the facility, the event, the, the area of the country without thinking about my, my dear lost friend, big nasty Kyle Seipel. Um, you know, just somebody that, that contributed to such a high level to racing, to people, to mankind. And he meant a lot to Sonoma uh, Raceway. So um, again, hate, to, hate that Kyle's not with us anymore, but I just, I don't know. I just feel like anytime Sonoma's on the, on the mind, got to mention him. So we miss you, Big Nasty. Nonetheless, uh, there were no real championship implications based on uh, the information that, that I've gotten from Luke. Um, there was a big name Superstock final. Now, I do know a little bit about these fellas. They're easy to remember because uh, they seem like they're 
getting it done every time they get an opportunity. But the Superstock final was Jody Lang and Kyle Rizzoli. Uh, that was won by Jody Lang, which was his 31st national event win. Now, again, I, I don't talk about anybody's uh, equipment or ability because there is no bad equipment out there to me. But what Jody typically does it in is a little bit more challenging. Um, you know, he does tend to go a little slower than a lot of guys. Uh, within those 31 national event wins is basically what I'm talking about, not necessarily in super stock, but um, to, to collect your 31st national win is a storied career. I mean, I don't, Jody doesn't get the credit that he deserves. This guy's won 31 national events. That is a very, very small list of people that have collected that many of the national event wallies. And Jody should be uh, commended for, again, his long storied career full of winning laps, and he's still got more in him. So big deal for Jody. Kyle Rizzoli, a very talented racer from the West Coast. Again, not a guy that, that gets much into the bracket side, but he can compete there as well and does very well. But he, uh, he gets after it in stock and super stock and come up a foul short to Jody in that super stock final. So tough loss there for Kyle. Uh, I imagine both those guys were doing quite a bit of driving on the other end. And uh, Jody's efforts netted him his 31st national win. So great job to both those guys for that final round. Uh, Evan Kowalski scored his fourth national event win with a super gas title over Bo the Beave Hicks. I feel like I need to stop and, and talk about Beave. Uh, was in Vegas many years ago announcing the race. And, you know, Bo, it's B-E-A-U, okay? So it's, it's, it's like a Cajun Bo. And obviously last name Hicks, not, it's not relevant in this conversation. The, whoever was putting the names at the spring fling in the computer, they put him in his beef. I'm announcing I'm Ron Burgundy. We all know I'm Ron Burgundy. You could have put Turd Ferguson on the tech card. And if they put it in the computer, I'm calling you Turd Ferguson. Uh, they, they put in beef. So I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm loving it, by the way. And I, I think I made mention of that on uh, on the bang shift live feed that i'm loving this guy's name being beef beef hicks beef hicks for the win beef hicks 009 dead three gets it done for 12 pack great job beef and then somewhere along the way they let me know that he's not named beef his name is Bo. they put it in the system wrong and i was destroyed was destroyed and i just i can't really get over it so he will always be beef to me. So great job, Beave, on the final round there, and uh, certainly great job to Evan Kowalski. Another perennial power out there is Tanner Theobald. The Theobalds, uh, they, they race extremely well. The brothers are super talented, win a ton. He got the win over Toby Payne in Supercomp. However, that was his first time to be in a final in Supercomp. Uh, Tanner probably concentrates his, little effort, his efforts a little more on bracket racing 
So probably doesn't give himself a ton of opportunities, but his first final in Supercomp, it happened to be Toby Payne's first final in Supercomp as well. So we were going to get a first-time winner either way, and it happened to be Tanner Theobald. So great job, Tanner. Nice work by you and Toby. Congrats on making your first final. I'm sure your uh, first Supercomp win is right around the corner. But uh, Tanner got the best of that one. And lastly, Tom Bayer. Uh, you're talking about, we're talking about legends and talented guys that's done it for a long time. Uh, Tom Bayer's on that list. This guy is, is a, a very talented racer that has won his share. He got the win in top dragster, which was his eighth national event win, which again, I talked about Jody Lang's 31 being on a very small short list of people in that range. Eight is no joke as well. That's not just a that's not pages of people by any means that have won eight national events. So Tom Bayer, a longtime talented guy that's, uh, that's done extremely well out there on the West Coast, gets uh, another big win in top dragster. That wraps up the uh, Sonoma highlights. Uh, again, I, I, don't, I didn't go down all the winners, don't have all that information in front of me. I might should have put it together to try to talk a little bit longer on this episode, but probably the last thing any of you are wanting me to do is talk longer on this episode. So uh, we'll, we'll move on past the race results a little bit and, uh, and talk about some stuff we discussed just a little bit on last week's show, which is the, uh, the new IHRA uh, purchase. That, uh, the, that organization was purchased by Larry Jeffers. I think we we all knew that, and that's no big surprise. And uh, IRG was the company that owned uh, the IHRA, and um, the the main brain trust of the I, I, IHRA. Why can I say IHRA? Why can't I say that? I think I'm getting nervous because I I feel like I've talked for two and a half hours, and it's been I don't know what thirty minutes. But nonetheless, the IHRA was owned by IRG, and IRG is, a, is an investment company, and they sold it, which, you know, that's a big deal. It really is, but it's, okay, it's not a big deal. It's corporate America. That's what they do is investment company. They buy, they sell. So they did. They sold it to Larry Jeffers, and Larry's got control of it now. But the brain trust within IHRA basically said, all right, we're done. We quit. And we're going to start our own deal. And all of this happened in, what, about a week? So, I, and I, like I told Luke on the show last week, like, Luke, you know, this has been brewing. You don't, you don't just quit and start your own sanctioning body in a week. This, there's, there's been lawyers involved. There's been paperwork. And these guys saw some writing on the wall and they were ready. And they, they bailed. Well, as it turns out, the, the buyer had a bid in. The group, maybe the brain trust, might have been working with a potential buyer. Again, I should have said this up front. This is mere speculation, hearsay, rumor, drama, everything. Everything you can think of that would put a negative tag on what I'm saying, it applies. But the, the brain trust could have possibly been working with 
a potential buyer and giving that potential buyer some inside intel as to what it's going to take to buy this organization, this sanctioning body, and continue it as it is with the with their primary sponsor and the whole deal. Well, for some reason, the organization was sold to Larry Jeffers for what would be a significant amount to me, less than the offer that was on the table from the other buyer that wanted to keep everybody in place and just continue on business as usual. Now, you have to ask yourself, it's an investment company. They were in from day one to make money. That's what they do. They invest, they profit, they leave. So they were in this thing to make money. Why would they sell the company for less to one buyer than they would to another buyer? I think they were sending a bit of a message. You know, um, obviously, this amount of money, again, is significant to me. It's a big deal. But to an investment company that's got worth God knows what, millions, possibly billions, this is a drop in the bucket to them. And they, I think, just said, you know what? We'll do what we want to do. And we don't really like how you guys have handled this. And again, uh, mere speculation on my part. I'm just gas bagging at this point with no knowledge of how that conversation or many conversations went. But it sounds like maybe there was a message sent that we don't need you guys and this buyer we got a guy right here that'll give us this it's close enough and we're uh, we're just it'll be our swan song we're out of here and we'll let larry jeffers and his team decide how they want to move forward with the company and what they want to do with it and the the brand that they want to build and you guys are not going to build you guys are not going to just buy and continue on with what we built as a team, because I, maybe I feel like there's been some behind the scenes stuff going on here and I don't like it. And I'm IRG talking at this time. I, it probably didn't sound like IRG. It probably sounded like Big Jed, but that was IRG. But nonetheless, pretty weird deal for an investment company to sell for less. And, uh, and then everybody just up and quit. Now, the new membership that again, as Luke and I discussed, it's a week old. The whole thing's a week old. We quit. And here a week or so later, there's there's letters that are sent to the member tracks, IHRA member tracks. And it says we are going to be, again, I don't even know, maybe the IDRA, International Drag Racing Association, whatever it is. This is who we're going to be, guys. This is the deal. We have left the IHRA. We have formed the IDRA. And you are member tracks for the IHRA. We do not know what the future holds for you. And we want to give you a platform to attach yourself to and continue on and giving your racers a great opportunity to do all the things they were doing on the other side of the fence with us. Um, we need you to sign this letter and commit to our new sanctioning body immediately so we can get moving forward and just really have a seamless transition. So 
that all sounds pretty odd for it to happen so fast. I mean, I just quit my job again a week ago, 10 days ago, whatever it is. I'd still be sitting at home crying, trying to figure out what I was going to do. These guys are sending letters to the to the new tracks or the member tracks, wanting them to be new tracks with their organization. So I would say those letters were written prior to exit. Um, kind of an odd deal. And then come to find out that there's a certain number of tracks needed to sign up with the new organization for uh, some sponsorship and things to stay in place that seemingly is following Scooter Pico and the team that started the new company. Like, if you can get to a certain level, we will, you know, maybe the big sponsor says, we'll stay with you. We'll just go with you because we want, we need to be where this many tracks are, this many racers are, and this kind of exposure. And we feel like you guys can accomplish that for us. So, you know, if you get to this number, then we'll, we'll just make this thing happen. And that's a significant number of tracks. It, it, it's a, it's a large number of tracks and I'm not sure how the IHRA member tracks are going to respond to this. Uh, I have no inside information about how many have signed. I have no inside information about how many are contemplating it, sitting, talking about it, who's what tracks calling what track and saying, what are you going to do? And I'll do the same. And I don't know any of that stuff, but what I do know is there is, uh, there is genuine concern among everyone involved about just a, a kind of an even split. If, if everyone split off and it just went 50-50, some with IHRA, some with the new organization, does that really accomplish uh, what we're trying to accomplish? Uh, does that does that grow our sport? Does it just continue to separate uh, facilities and and racers? And you know, do do some racers stay where they are? Do some racers go to the new? And you know, these tracks, these uh, organizations are not able to offer as much to the racer in the end because participation has basically been cut in half. There's a lot of unknowns about this IHRA uh, deal and, and how Larry Jeffers and his folks are going to move forward. From what I know of Larry Jeffers and, and what he's done in our sport, you know, I would expect really good things for the IHRA and how they press forward. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if, if Larry, Larry's a, you know, a big time guy and with, with, you know, high dollar equipment, does he want to get some more pro type stuff involved back in the IHRA and not focus as much on the, the sportsman or bracket racer where they seemingly have lived for the last little while, or does he want to continue uh, life as it is and, and try to build off of that? Be interesting to see how they, how they move forward, but uh, all indications are whatever they do, it'll be done very well. So I look forward to that. The group that started the new organization, they are the people that, that ran IHRA. I mean, they literally are the brain trust 
and the backbone to that organization. They know what's going on. They know what the racers want. They know what it takes to be successful. They know they have the relationships that are key to making great things happen for sportsmen racers. So I would expect them to do well as well. But something has to give and something has to bend and hopefully not break for both of these organizations to be successful moving forward. And it'll be interesting to see it play out. Don't, don't really have a preference to hear on the, the podcast. We don't have a preference who does what, who goes where, and how many signs up for this or that. Uh, we know some of the members of the Brain Trust in, in the, the new organization, and we have deep respect for them. So we wish them ex- you know, nothing but extreme success. We also want to see that for the IHRA. It's a, it's a, you know, a, a well-known organization that has put decades of, of effort into our sport and created a lot of, a lot of amazing moments for many, many racers and still have more to go. So we wish Larry Jeffers and his team uh, very well and, and love to see, can't wait to see how that looks going forward. But reality is, Something will have to give, and uh, we we hate to see that. You know, my mind's pretty simple. Um, I'm hoping that all these really smart people that that have the money invested and the time invested figure out how to make both work, and that would be wonderful. That'd be a great thing for our sport. But my simple mind says somewhere there's a wall. Someone's going to hit it about a hundred miles an hour, and I definitely am not hoping that happens or predicting it but i do somewhat anticipate it and uh, and i couldn't couldn't say louder that i hope i'm wrong so let's uh, let's wish both of those organizations well there's uh, there's probably some bad blood there some some ill feelings we'll see how that goes does larry jeffers put all the pieces together and and bring those guys back say, wait a minute now, there's, there's, let's just work this out. Let's say everybody get back together and keep this thing running. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, there's a lot to be determined still in, uh, in that whole saga. All right. I guess this, um, we only had about 40 minutes or so. I, like I said, I feel like I talked for two days. But I guess that wraps us up. That pretty much does it for this episode. It was weird, guys. It was weird. I hope it wasn't as weird for you as it was for me. But, you know, if, I mean, if I sucked, if I couldn't keep you interested, if I gas bagged too much, I might have said the same thing two or three times sometimes when I was talking. That's possible. Uh, let me know about it. A good place to let me know about it is the same place you can let everybody know about it. And that's right there on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. We have a public forum that you can go to and you can just put your information right out there, wherever, how you're feeling, you can put it out there. If you got some insight into any of these things we talked about, especially the the drama field stuff, put it out there. Tell us, tell us what you know or what you've heard. Nonetheless, we want to hear from you right there on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. If you want to put it out there for everyone to see, that's wonderful. If you want to send it in a private message, and producer Mark will intercept that and, uh, and get us the information. But nonetheless, 
we would love to hear from you, whether it's privately or publicly. And uh, there's some subjects there that, that I'm sure you got some thoughts on and, and uh, y'all sack up and put your, put your comments out there. So this is a part in the show where we do shouts. And I thought, well, good, I can skip that because I don't do shouts. Luke does shouts. But you know what? I thought, I need to do shouts because here I am. I'm sitting here in JJ's bedroom in Colburg, Alabama. Got work to do. His race cars need to be worked on. Sun's still out. It's Wednesday evening. I got to get out here and do this. But this is pretty cool for for Big Jed to get the opportunity to just sit here and chat with you a little bit. And we got people that need shouts. So I'm going to give some shouts. First shouts to Luke Bogacki. Uh, Luke is the founder of the podcast. And we all know everything else Luke's involved in. We're, we're, I feel fortunate to be connected to Luke. Luke. Luke has given me a lot of opportunities I never would have had just because of our relationship. And I'm still not sure why, but he's done it. Shouts to producer Mark. You just heard from him. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, producer Mark stepped in and, and not only just stepped in, he brought some relevant information to the show and contributed at a very high level. But producer Mark, guys, works behind the scenes. We keep him up sometimes till midnight on the East Coast, cutting these screw ups and things that we do and trying to piece a show together out of the bull crap that we are sitting here saying. And he, he really puts in a lot of time and effort to this show and, and does his best to, to make it the best it can be. And we're very fortunate to have producer Mark involved. That's Mark Romeo, by the way, from the, from the Pittsburgh area, if you're wondering who producer Mark is. And certainly shouts to the Sports and Drag Racing Podcast sponsors. Um, those people are investing in what we're doing, and they're great organizations. They're great companies with great products and great services, and we certainly hope that you go support them any opportunity you get because they're not supporting this show, hoping for business. They're doing it as a thank you for the business that's been sent their way. So uh, we definitely appreciate all of them. And without any of those guys, Luke, producer Mark, and the sponsors, this show never happens. Um, again, Luke came to me several years ago, said, I'm, I'm thinking about doing a podcast and uh, want to know if you'll be involved. And I was like, heck yeah, I'll be involved. Sign me up, brother. And then when we got off the phone, I asked a friend of mine, I was like, what's a podcast? Uh, Luke just asked me to be involved in one. And you don't tell Luke no, but I don't know what a podcast is. And then they told me and I thought, oh, heck yeah. I mean, I'm going to get to talk about racing and, and be there with Luke. I mean, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to fly to Illinois once a week and sit down with him. I didn't really realize you could just do it over the internet and like talk into a headset. And it's like we're sitting together. It's like, I don't know how I'm going to get to Southern Illinois every week, but sign me up, brother. I'm in. So I'm a podcaster. And then the rest is history. So uh, without any of those guys, this show never happens. I'm thankful to be involved. But now it's time for real shouts. So I want to shout out Beeve and Bo Hicks. I want to shout out Jerry Mathers, the original Beeve. Um, for those of you that don't know, if you're under the age of about 35, maybe you don't know what Leave It to Beaver is, go look up an episode of Leave It to Beaver. It is good, wholesome family entertainment. And uh, it's a lot different than what you see on TV today. So shout out Jerry Mathers. Shout out to Steve Boner. 
and Mike Painter. They're the same person. Love you, Mike. Sorry, bud. Still sorry that I messed all that up. Shout out to Tyler Crossno. Uh, Tyler, again, hardest working dude in racing. Love that guy. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, on behalf of everyone in racing, I'm shouting you out, brother, because we're thankful that you're involved in, in our sport. Shout out to Anthony Hurst. This is just to see if Anthony's still listening, but I think Anthony gets every word of the podcast. He, he'll shoot me a message pretty much from most podcasts. Great show. Enjoyed it. And have a good day. And Anthony's a hashtag loyal listener, and, uh, and we appreciate you, Anthony. So here's your shout out, my brother. Shout out to Clay Milliken. After my top bulb versus bottom bulb rant uh, a few shows ago, Clay sent Luke and I a text and said, Hey, bud, I enjoyed the show, man. It was awesome. Really had a good time. Like I always do enjoy listening. Uh, Big Jed, you might want to avoid a top bulb race for a little while uh, because you're, you might've, you might've really stepped on some, some, uh, I guess I was going to say toes, but it's toters. I mean, I might've stepped on some toters because we all know, you know, every top bulb racer has a toter and then like a hundred thousand dollar stacker, but nonetheless, Thanks, Clay. Thank you for the advice. Lastly, shout out to Kyler Hergamula. Only because I didn't want to end the show without getting to say Kyler Hergamula one more time. That's just fun to say, and I'm crushing it. I'm saying it very well. And anytime I'm crushing a weird name like that, I want to continue saying it. So shout out Kyler Hergamula. That's all the shouts, guys. Appreciate you listening this long. If you like to tweet, Luke and I are on the Twitter. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. I am at JP11X. We love to hear from you. Not hearing very much chatter from you on the Twitter very much lately. So get with us, get at us, at us, tweet us, whatever you do to like put our name out there where we see it. And it gives me a little blue number at the bottom of my Twitter. So I click it and see that you said something to or about us. Do that because we need to hear from you and we love to hear from you that wraps up this episode of the sportsman drag racing podcast thank you folks for listening to me gas bag this long i appreciate it very much and we can't wait i can't wait to talk to you real soon about more sportsman drag racing Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss or at least reference This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action 
take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.